Greetings, welcome, hey y'all, to my peeps, suck passe. I'm Herdeen Mercier, your chief grief crusader. OMG, what a week, what a week it has been. Y'all, <laughs> if you hear my voice has changed and the Whitney has left the building, there is a reason. I have probably talked about grief for over... Ooh, this week alone, probably over 30 hours, just straight talking about grief through my Instagram live to doing interviews about grief, um, just preparing for my masterclass. There is so many things going on, talking for my P2P peoples and then talking for my purpose chasers. Um, and doing a presentation, what I called from house to home, OMG, OMG, it has been a week. And I got to give a shout out to all my people who have joined me on the lives and brought their wisdom with it to my Peter P sisters from Barbara, Suzette, Ooh, my clarity coach, Jatia. Oh, Jasmine just brought down the house. Me and her just did a live. Let me tell you, it is fire. To Chulu, oh my God, Chulu is all the way in Africa and we went live. She got up at three o'clock in the morning to go live with her sister and she brought nothing but the truth when it comes to grief and culture. My, my, my. Then I have Vlad the other night who came from a male's perspective. Vlad brought that male's perspective like there was no tomorrow, you know, nobody's business. He just brought that male's perspective in regards to grief. And I am just sad to report if anybody know how to get a retrieve alive. If anybody knows how to get or retrieve alive, please contact me. I lost three good, good lives, y'all. And I literally am heartbroken about those lives because the wisdom shared between me and the guests in E, 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 it was good. It was good. Woo! This one is a hard one to peel to swallow that I lost those lives. But the truth of the matter is this work hasn't expired because my heart is still beating. And because my heart is still beating, baby, I'm just going to have to do more lives. I may not get that one. I may not get those same reactions. I may not. But the truth of the matter is there's a purpose on my life and I got to keep moving gotta keep moving and I'm trying to remember all the guests from my head space right now and I'm I'm hoping I have not forgotten anyone I started off Sunday night with my Instagram live with my dear husband and we kept it 100 Dr. J Dr. Jameson Mercier the love of my life man you have been my rock I appreciate you that was Sunday night Monday at noon, Monday at noon, we had Barbara come in the house and she did her thing. That night, OMG, it's um, it's leaving me, Father. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Who came that night? Oh, we're going to get it. I'm going to get it. y'all. I'm going to get it. 
I'm going to have to stop it, but I'm going to get it because I got to give everybody their proper props and and just keeping it 100. Who kept it 100? Oh, Chulu kept it 100 with me that night. OMD. And when I say she brought it, she brought it all the way from Africa. And I am super thrilled and excited to say that I am surrounded by women who know how to do it. Then the following day, I had Suzette come on it. She made grief look so sexy at the age of 60. And I honor you, Suzette. Oh, you did. You brought it with the wisdom. You brought it with the wisdom. Then I had Brittany that day on Tuesday. Then I had Vlad from a male perspective. And the male perspective was so good that he tagged another friend, Prince Paul. Oh, Paul came on the mic and just dropped it with his wisdom. Hey, he will be back. He got some stuff coming out. He will be back. Don't worry. Then just, oh, Jatia brought it. Jatia brought it. When she brought it, she brought it, she brought it. She said that she taught us how grief and friendships and co-workers and networking and the benefits of grieving some of those things. She said, it's time to have funeral services. <laughs> Woo, she was, oh my Lord. Then I just got off the mic with my girl. I know I already said it. Ooh, Jasmine killed it about the faith and the prayer. She is a prayer coach out in California. Baby girl, she brought it. And then tomorrow at noon, I am going to close out my lives for this week with Pastor John Boston, and he is going to bring it. Ooh, and then tomorrow night is the master class. Y'all, I have not been holding back. I have been keeping it 100. I have been keeping it 100. And in keeping it 100, I got to let you know. You don't want to miss this master class. The download still keeps coming. I still keep adding. Huh. You don't want to miss this masterclass and you can still register. If you knew as a grief crusader, you can still register at her backslash, or I should start saying forward slash masterclass. Her forward slash masterclass. Um, register. It's free. I'm going to be dropping the wisdom of how you can go from grief to purpose, from hell to purpose, from wondering why me to purpose. Don't want to miss that master class. And without further ado, I'm about to introduce to you the one and only Samantha Jean Washington. OMG. When I think about the story, her story of just survival. And the stuff she had to go through, so many pearls, pearls of wisdom, so many. And so I don't even want to waste time. Let me just give you her a formal bio right now. Samantha Jean Washington is a trauma-informed personal and group trainer. She is the founder of Mended Fitness, the training that heals. Ooh, baby. Does she do it, baby? 
She healed in this conversation. She provides a safe place for trauma survivors to train their body and their minds to break free from their past and live their pr- and live their present. Can I just say that again? She provides a safe place for survivors to train their body and their minds to break free from their past and live their present. She believes that fitness a part of healing um, and it requires preparation. Without preparation, it is hard to survive. This is not my words. These are Samantha's. She's speaking her truth in her bio. Samantha is also an Air Force veteran. Thank you for your services. A Navy wife. Thank you for your service. Woo. And an amazing mother to two adorable children. Without further ado, I want to welcome Samantha to the Redefining Grief podcast. Well, welcome, 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 Samantha Jean Washington to the Redefining Grief podcast with yours truly, her demers here. We're cracking up because of this idea, how hard it has been for us to kind of just record because Samantha (laughs) felt led. I felt led. I saw one of my sisters, Peter P. She's my Peter P sister, another one. Yes. (laughs) I'm blessed to have a lot of P2P sisters surrounding us. Um, And why should I say me, especially because I prayed for it. And I was watching your Insta story and I just felt led. Let me give them some background. I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, I, this month is a series that I'm doing about moms. um, And I'm still even working on the names. That's how to that's the, the spirit led. We just, I'm still working on the series name, but I know I want to highlight in future moms who have now redefined their grief in their life and living their life's purpose. And Sam, I saw it. I knew you were ready. I knew you saw your life calling and immediately I took action and I said, baby, I want you on. I want you on the Redefining Grief podcast to tell your story. And so the very first question that I will ask you, sis, is what is your truth? Hardeen, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. I am so excited. Um, So I want to say that my truth, which I really changed um, just before we came on, Uh but um, that healing is about preparation and Uh if you're not prepared you won't heal Mm. and I had really changed that from fitness because I'm a fitness you know Uh fanatic but it was fitness is about preparation and Mm. if you're if you're not if you're not prepared you won't um you won't survive Mm -hmm. but I think about when I when I think about healing I think about it as the very same thing preparing to heal There's, yeah. a, there's a mental, I don't even want to say toughness. I hate the word toughness 
Mm -hmm. um, especially in this grief space, maybe for the mm -hmm. fitness space. I know I need to be tough. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm into boot camp. That's one of my favorite things where I'm pulling tires and I'm yes. picking up stuff and my mm -hmm. coach is telling, standing on my thighs and I have <laughs> to go up and down. He's a heavy male, da Damien, um, mm -hmm. with pro style boot camp. But what I have a hard time doing in this grief space is saying, I don't want you to be tough. I mm -hmm. want you to be real. I want you to show up in your true space because yes. I know there's healing that happens with it. And that's why the truth anchor is my very first anchor that I believe will get you a to a place of restoration. And so for you in this healing process, what are you healing or what were you healing from? Where are you in your healing journey, my love? So um, I'll go from the beginning where I'm healing from or, or yeah, the, pretty much that journey. Um, I grew up in a home that was very uh, violent, mm -hmm. um, a lot of abuse, emotional, physical, um, verbal. And I used pretty much my athleticism and mm -hmm. the fact that I was able to tap into that mm -hmm. as my scapegoat. I was never home. I would join any sport possible, tennis, golf, you name it. I'll mm -hmm. jump in there. I don't know. I don't even care if I knew how to play. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was going to strive to get on that team because I wanted to stay away from home mm -hmm. where trauma lived. Okay. Mm. So, um, School was going to be over soon, you know, high school was almost over. So I ended up join, wanting to join the military. And I decided that I didn't want to tell my mom that I was joining the military. I lived in a, a single parent household um, with my brother. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to um, tell my mom I was joining the military. I just wanted to be gone. But um, the recruiter told me that I had to have her sign off on the contract. I was mm -hmm. like, darn it, I got to tell her. So I did tell her and um, she was, you know, worried about me, but, you know, it, it was my dream. So when I joined the military, um, I noticed that the trauma didn't disappear. It, it almost got worse. And um, it was like a gum on the bottom of my shoe. Mm. It just kept following me because I noticed that when it got worse in the military, I got out. And then I married my husband. And it started getting even worse. And I was like, man, what's happening? What is going on? Why can't I, you know, everywhere I go, I seem to just get worse and not better, even though my life experiences are changing. Um, and it was one night that I, ha I had a dream after crying, bawling my eyes out. Mm -hmm. I fell asleep on the couch and um, I had a dream that I was in a hotel. I was walking down the hall and just, you know, the most hideous carpet you can imagine. Walking down this hotel hall. I knew my husband had picked that hotel for sure. It, was, it, was, it would look the mess. <laughs> and I get, I get um, into the room and I bypass him and I'm walking towards a window and I see a woman at the window. And she's bleeding and she's pleading for me to let her in. And I have a criminology background and I thought to myself, if there's an, if someone's banging at your window, pleading to be let in, bleeding, there's got to be an assailant that's close by 
Mm-hmm. And so I thought to myself, if I let her in, I might die. But if I don't let her in, she might die. And at that point, that was the most important thing to me. So I let her in. And um, as soon as I let her in, the assailant of all things, he's got a knife and a screen mask and he bypasses her and heads straight for me. And I run out of that hotel room, run back down the hall with that ugly carpet. And I'm like, I know I'm fast. I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. But somehow he caught up to me and he started trying to attack me with this knife. But for some reason, um, the knife didn't penetrate. I woke up and I wasn't sure, you know, why I wasn't afraid. I've had dreams before mm-hmm. where I would be running from people, running from things, always a different scenery, but always the same process. Mm-hmm. And I would just chop it up to what I Googled, stress, procrastination, fear. Mm-hmm. But this time I didn't feel any of that when I woke up. And that's what I know I heard God say, you've been running from your purpose for too long. Mm-hmm. And so from then on, I started pursuing what, you know, I known to be true, which is to help, you know, people in their healing. And I knew for, for a fact that I had to prepare for mine first to get to that point. Because as many times that I went through things, I asked why me, why me? But this stuff that I went through was not just for me, it was for somebody else. And I had to go through it for that person to get better, to get healed. So good, sis. What I think about in hearing just a little tad bit, because your life is so large, it's so great. There's so mm-hmm. many things besides the trauma and the pain. You you had some days where you smiled and you rejoiced right. and it would allow you to escape the pain. But there's something that you said. You said, no matter where you went, it followed you. It followed you. And that is that idea that you cannot run away from it. You have to stand tall and deal with it. And in standing tall and thinking about your dream, this is why I sent you that DM and said, I need you on the podcast. I would be honored if you said yes. It's because I had a dream. Hmm. Vivid, I can still remember it. We were sitting um, in the dream. I was sitting at Good Samaritan Seven-Day Adventist Church in Fort Lauderdale. I'm sitting in the church and I'm sitting in the middle bench of the church. And as I'm sitting in the middle bench of the church, everyone is in praise and worship. And then out of nowhere, this lady stands up from like the center of the, at the beginning of the church. And she stands up and she begins to walk and everybody in the church is running away from her like cockroaches, you hear? Like just (laughs) running away from her. And I remember just standing up and said, I won't, I won't run, I won't run. And then I remember in looking at this lady, she looks at me and I'm looking at her. I would not blink, I did not blink. I'm looking at her and I said, I rebuke you, I rebuke Mm. you, I rebuke you, I Mm. rebuke you. And I kept (laughs) repeating it over and over and over again, Sam, 
I rebuke you. I rebuke you. I rebuke you. I rebuke you. And in that instant of me just kept repeating it, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. She begins to, you know, like the wicked witch of Mm -hmm. the rest and how Mm -hmm. they money and then they fade away into the ground of the church. Yes. But baby, that's what happened. (laughs) Where everybody else ran away, I stood up for myself. And now today to see that I have a platform that is helping women to stand tall, Mm -hmm. that only represents that I've been through some things. And I decided that I will repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until I get it. But one thing I won't stop doing is I won't give up. Yes. And so you decided that you're not going to give up, Sam. Right. You're not going to give up. So what does it look like in moving forward from the trauma of being in that relationship, from having that dream? I know it wasn't easy. You just didn't have this dream. You just didn't get up and say, I'm off to save the world in this fitness world. What Mm -hmm. really, what? Give us just a glimpse of the inside of some of your dark days. What did that look like? So I, um, there was times where I, I, I was, it was affecting, well, my heat where the, the fact that I wasn't healed, I, um, or it wasn't even more, even moving towards forward towards healing. It would affect the way I spend my money. Mm. I would spend money and, 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 like it was nothing. And mind you, my mom was a saving queen. She was always, you know, 800 credit. She was good. Me, on the other hand, I would treat money. Like I would pretty much disassociate, disassociate myself. I would, I've tried, I I used to remember trying when I was in the military, I would take my credit card and put it in a, in a, in a bowl of water and freeze it. Mm -hmm. Separating myself from my spending saying, you know, it's the card. It's not me. Just not being accepting that that the behavior came from somewhere. Even in relationships, I noticed that my relationships were consistent. Um, when I met my husband, like I had my relationships were, you know, I wasn't treated right. I was doing everything to be accepted. I went after the people that rejected me because I <laughs> can't say that and try to keep going. You can't l- listen when chills like that happen all over my body from my head to my toes. You cannot say that without us taking a pause. And I want to teach grief crusaders. That's what I call my community. We mm-hmm. got to learn to take pause. And when we get a, a, what I call a pow moment, pearls of wisdom, we have to stop, take it in. Mm-hmm. Please take your time to repeat that statement. I went after people who rejected me. I sought out their acceptance. I wanted to be accepted by them, even though they kept rejecting me. Yeah. That's heavy. Mm-hmm. And, and this, 
I know sometimes right now, maybe this is just the episode, we're going to stay around that truth anchor. Mm -hmm. The truth is, if you don't deal with your unresolved grief, that grief will deal with you. That's right. It will rob you. It will rob you. It will put you in situations that will rob you and abuse you and dismiss you and reject you. And mm -hmm. having you crave it like a crackhead to go back. <laughs> That's right. The truth. It's the hard truth. It's hard mm -hmm. to hear. And you know I mean no disrespect in saying it. Right. I'm, I'm a visual person. So when I hear mm -hmm. it, I'm like, ooh, what do I need to do not to look like a crackhead, like an emotional crackhead right. in this situation mm -hmm. where I'm getting my high by feeling rejected. Can you, can we right. get that? Like you're getting your high by feeling rejected. And for someone who is listening in the grief, com grief crusaders community, what do you tell them? What steps did you take to now stand up for yourself? Mm -hmm. Like I stood up in that church and like you stood up in your dream. So one of the steps is I had to understand that what happened wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask for it. And then I also had to forgive and let go. Because I held on to it over and over to the point where when I met my husband, mm -hmm. he was the opposite of other people that I had ever met. Mm -hmm. And he treated me differently and I rejected him for not treating me how other people treated me. I had to value myself. I had to know that I am capable of love and I had to not just know it, I had to believe it. And I had to act like it. Knowing and believing, acting like it, it changed the, the, the dynamic of how my life went from then on. Mm -hmm. And it also changed my environment and the people that I attracted mm -hmm. and were, and that I was attracted to as far mm -hmm. as friendships. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing is that I had to um, start understanding that I needed to, after getting to that point of healing, that I had to be a healer also, mm -hmm. that I still had work to do. I still had, you know, through this process, I had to go through these steps because God had a job for me and no matter what came in the way that job was going to get done and he was going to make sure it got done. But he, but, but knowing, like accepting pretty much mm -hmm. accepting these things and knowing these things to be real and then making the change, mm -hmm. preparing for the healing. I even had to change how I ate because it messed with my mind. Mm. Like I would eat like, chips all day and and i mean mind you you can look at me people look at me like oh you know would you look so strong you always can out run so and so and you always look but i felt terrible mm -hmm. I, it made me lazy it made me angry and i just i i knew that that had to change as well you know i, I had to is, take care of myself that is mm -hmm. so true and and what triggers in my mind um of an episode that i did um I think I called it pretty on the outside. 
cute on the inside. One of the episodes that I did that was inspired by, at the time, who's now 10. She just turned 10 <laughs> this past Sunday, April 26th, baby. Aww, um, Tamar, she has this drawing that I keep on my wall in my office. I'm looking at it now. Messy on the outside, cute on the inside. And what I have gathered from that drawing and why I keep looking at it is that a lot or society has taught us and you know i have to go into the cultural aspect of this you know samantha jean is my haitian mm -hmm. queen sister and yeah. so that is the root of her origin and we know culture plays a big part in our healing and our ideas and our beliefs and we're really good in the haitian community as dressing up we know how to do it get ready for church you know you go to church you look good but the home the home life is a hot mess okay um and that is not for everyone that was not always in my house however i had friends who had friends who had friends and as a therapist and a counselor and a coach i've heard it all and seen it all and what i know to be true is that even though you try to mask it your masking mm -hmm. may have been your fitness. Mm -hmm. You're good on the outside. Right. But that unresolved grief was following you everywhere you went. Everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, and attracting people to feed to that. That's just the mm -hmm. devil in himself. I really do believe. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say grief can be a distracting, a distraction to your healing, to your right. purpose. That's mm -hmm. why my coaching program is called From Grief to Purpose, because grief can become a, dis a distraction that robs us mm -hmm. of this opportunity of living a full life. Right. And so what I want to ask you now, Sam, is mm -hmm. what does living this full life look like for you? What is the goal? You know, you've, you, you've, you've, you realize that you, you're not going to mask it anymore. You've changed your shape. Let me tell y'all, she's fit. And I also <laughs> want to say on air, Sam is the reason why I picked up my fit pillar. But the root of why I was dangling in my fit pillar was my mastery and momentum sisters, Kathy and Leslie. They stay in their fit pillar. I'm talking about tight work. Let me tell you. <laughs> but then there was an invitation from Sam when she was doing a Facebook live and I was like, well, it's Corona. I ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did my workout in my bathroom. Yes. I, I remember that. just having up the phone, calling my daughter. I really did it because I do believe in supporting my sisters. So right. I said, let me spend some time in supporting you because I know Thank what it's you. like to um, have a dream and nobody show up. Right. And so one of those times where I can get engaged and I can say thank you, um, Sam was that reason why there was a conviction that day, Sam. Wow. In, the, in, my, in my bathroom, there was a conviction that happened and said, I got to do something. I got to do something. And I have, you know, I'd be tagging you on social yeah, media. Yeah, I know you tag me. I'd be yes, tagging I... you on social media. <laughs> I, 
I be tagging you because your girl, your girl be put. Tell them how many steps I be doing. Mm, mm. Girl, you heard about that ten thousand already. You heard about that ten thousand. Eight thousand, nine thousand. You about you 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 about to be over at that ten thousand. You might as well just go ahead. Let me, let me just let them know for y'all haters out there that's not trying to give me my props. That is ten thousand in like an hour and a half of walking. Sometimes two hours on my gratitude walks in the morning. Yes. Okay, you so let me up. tell y'all about that. Ten thousand. Yes. Don't get the haters out here talking about. Oh, it's taking me a month. No, baby. No, God has been look good that, to look me. At that so time. good, so good that sometimes my gratitude walk in the morning when I'm like, God is good, and singing to the birds and doing all those things. Um, you were the reason for that, and wow. so something happened where I'm like, I gotta call my cousin Esther. I gotta turn in my way in. Talking my way in, I forgot to turn in my way in last week. <laughs> she literally tracks it on her phone. And I am losing weight. I feel better. And hold me accountable on this, Sam. I have an issue with sugar. Um, For you, it may have been chips. I think sugar is my mask. And that is my truth. And I am convicted that in the month of May, no sugar. I don't know if that's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I just should, you know, cut it down by 50% or 90% that you would have to tell me that, but I think that's my, that's my way of masking things It's getting high. I literally get a high off sugar. And for mm-hmm. someone who's listening and saying, I want to get right, you know, I really mm-hmm. want this year to be the year that I get that six pack on the beach. Well, maybe not on the beach because of Rona. Maybe in your home. <laughs> Maybe. Right. What is it? How do we break that? And what does that look like in your story of how you broke broke it? Um, how do we break those cycles where we we're addicted to food as comfort instead of healing? Because food is healing. I think they said is food healing. is thy first medicine. Medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about it as a habit. You know, um, I remember reading an, an ex- uh, I think it was an example that I read or I heard about mm-hmm. where a professor, he, his first day of class, everyone sat in the chair, mm-hmm. picked their seats. Um, the second day of class, everyone picked those very same seats. Um, and one day he decided to, I think he put the chairs up on a wall or something and, and, and people were like confused as to, you know, wh- what was happening. Like why, why, why is or no, I'm sorry. It wasn't chairs on the wall. Somebody was sitting in somebody else's seat. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this is like the second day. Mm-hmm. And you think, to, when you think about that, and I, it's like, we, we develop our habits. It doesn't really take 21 days to form a habit. It doesn't take 30 days. It takes one day. Mm-hmm. It takes one time to start something to where it just cycles. Mm-hmm. And I think that making the decision that you're going to, you know, try to, change something about you i think one is to look at it in a scope of of a small bite into an elephant Mm -hmm. versus looking at the elephant as a whole and tackling those small things to get you to that goal i like to do you know i like to make command my day i like to decide that i'm going to do you know i'm going to take a walk 
I'm going to join a fitness class. I'm going to prep my meal for the day, making a decision and following through and creating that habit, but not looking at your goals as such a big thing, just using a very small scope of your, of your goals and tackling it. So looking at it from a small scope and just taking that and, and working with it using just like, for example, a small, like I, if I want to eat better, I'm going to decide on Sunday that I am going to plan my meals for the week. Now planning a meal for the meals for the week can be a lot. If this is my first time meal planning, Mm -hmm. I will pick a day where I know that I am, where I make the, where my judgment is not so great. Let's say lunchtime. I want to always go out. I want to always grab food, order out, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to decide to prep my lunch for the week. Prep just my lunch and see how my habit forms. And being able to take control of that, that one meal is empowering. It allows you to have a say in what you're going to do and, 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 and not set yourself up for failure and meet failure. You set yourself up for success and meet success. And that's all from preparation and creating that habit. And I also want to say the, in this area of fitness and emotional well-being, I often find even that connection pillar of connecting with community is, is important because Sam, when I know that if I made a commitment to myself that mm-hmm. I am going to tag you for right. the day when I'm done mm-hmm. and I want to give up, I'm like, no, but I got to get to those 10,000 steps, man. I, I j- you never told me how many steps to do. I just made it right. with myself that I'm going to tag her when I get to four miles. It it actually really started with Patrice doing it. And then we couldn't couldn't figure it away to get the app where we can see it, where we're not always posted because we're very busy women building Mm -hmm. empires. Okay. Right. Um, And then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just, I, I had to find a new partner that I knew that we would just be in it. So now it's my cousin, Evna. I tag mm-hmm. her and I tag you. Yeah. You are my two accountability people. As you can see, you got no tags this week because I'm launching. <laughs> I'm launching. I'm launching my coaching program, my webinar. Yes. But you know, mm-hmm. I did do my jump rope, which I forgot to tag you. I got yep. jump rope. And so you, you want to have an accountability partner. And if it's Sam, yeah, you may never met her. Sam, tell them your IG so that they can start tagging you. Um, I'm at, yes, I'm at Beauty Samantha Washington. That's T-H-E-S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A-W-A-S-H-I-N-G-T-O-N. The Samantha Washington on Instagram and also on Facebook. Um, I, I would not mind at all that you tag me because um, accountability is very important. One of the things that I've noticed in my group, it's called Men in Fitness on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I, I've had people that come to my virtual classes that I offer. Mm-hmm. And usually it's like, I have a mom and daughter duo that, listen, today, this last night I had a class at seven. Okay. This morning, the same girl who showed up at seven showed up this morning at nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she told me that she didn't even remember that there was a class happening at 9.30 this morning. But she rolled out of bed and texted me saying, I'm ready. Literally rolled out of bed mm-hmm. and said she was ready. And, and 
it was because of her mom that said, hey, you going to Samantha's class this morning? Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, what? We're out of bed and she was ready to go. And that having that sense of community, knowing that there's someone there that's going to boost you up mm-hmm. at times when you feel you're not, you know, you, you don't think you're capable. Mm-hmm. It, they know it's inside of you. Mm-hmm. They know it's inside of you. You, they just, you just need that little bit of push, a little bit of, 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 of motivation. And it really does help. That's why in my um, group, I like to pair people up. Mm-hmm. I like to pair people up to 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 hold to each other accountable. It. Yeah. And I'll tell you, those virtual sessions are so good because there was a conviction that happened with me in taking it. And not just a conviction. Like the other day in the face group group, I remember I missed the class and I was like, ah, you know, I'm big on emojis and um, GIFs. <laughs> so, um, and then she was like, you know, you'll make it. But I, but I, I see it. And so even if I'm not able to make your class or the group, there's this, oh, I got to go do something. I got to do something. For my body today. And so right. in May, baby, I do have a goal that for my 40th birthday, I do. I want this banging party. You hear me? Yes. Party. <laughs> I, I can see you have one. <laughs> let me tell you, I see the dress. I see everything. I can yes. see the room. I'm ready. I'm ready for that. But my body, for me, and what I want that day to represent, oh, mm-hmm. my body. <laughs> so that is my, my body. My body. <laughs> that is my motivation to get right. And so, in talking about fitness and mental health, if there was one thing you want to leave the listeners with, mm-hmm. what would it be? Just thinking about your story, thinking about your truth, thinking about having to realize that your truth is saying, I needed to, I was, I was gravitating towards people who were rejecting me. To someone who's listening to you right now, and now you're on your healing path. And I said healing path. I didn't say she mm-hmm. was Right. It's every level comes with a new territory of things that you got approved, right? Yeah. Because I'm still in therapy. Still in therapy. Mm-hmm. Still in therapy. I thank you. Okay. Therapy. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. 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 Therapy, fitness, and Jesus can't get no better than that. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, what would you say? What would that thing be? That word? It would be purposeful. Yeah, I um there's this one thing that I say to my group a lot. Um sometimes I change the words at the end, but I say, you know, don't let the process punk you out of your purpose. Because I know how hard it is to be going through this, you know, exercise. Sometimes it could be a little challenging. But it's because it's refining you. And I think what I went through all the things that happened to me, you know, it was refining me for this moment. It was refining me. It, 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 it had to happen. And as weird as this may sound, I'm glad. I'm glad it happened. I mean, the way it happened wasn't like the best, but what's come out of it? I can't be mad about it. And I feel, I feel like the question could be like, Sam, what happened? What mm-hmm. happened? We keep hearing it happened. What happened? You're talking about like 
what happened as in like in my life yeah like what was, yeah okay what was so that catalyst that just made you realize i'm going to the army you know um there's i have to get out i know it was yeah abuse i know it was yeah abuse, but for for the audience and just for the grief grief crusaders who are listening just to get you don't need to say all the business I right right that it's for the areas sure. that you heal and sometimes mm -hmm. we think that people can read our minds sometimes yes we, that's me we don't, we don't <laughs> what you talking about willis <laughs> <laughs> what happened yeah so i mean i used to get whoopings hmm. i mean let me tell you <clears throat> so one of the things that like i said before i would try to stay away from home mm -hmm. and i'd be you know i'm not used to people coming to my house my mom doesn't my mom wasn't that wasn't her thing we wasn't used to going to other people's homes so the way that i if i didn't have any type of extracurricular activity that was happening at school i'd hang out at the library till midnight yeah. now you know the library closed at eight <laughs> <laughs> What is I'm right here somewhere like midnight? Where? What library? Library over there. It's got to be in Madagascar because it definitely ain't in the United States. But yeah. <laughs> okay, so I would hang out at the library. There was a McDonald's across the street once the library closed because I would use a computer there. We didn't really have a computer at home. Um, um, we would go. I would go to McDonald's and hang out till wee hours. And I knew that my mom would worry about me. I knew it. I could feel it. Most of the time, when I knew it was time for me to be home, I would look at the clock after kikiing with my friends. Mm -hmm. I look at the time. Kiki. And I'd be like, you know kikiing, right? I would be kikiing. That's basically exactly. saying you in the streets hanging out with your friends, and for some reason, Haitian parents are like kiki kiki. Yeah, that's their thing. <laughs> uh huh. Kiki and kahep kahep when you're coughing. Uh -huh. But yes. But um, as soon as I looked at the clock, and this always happened, I'll ne I, I would look at the clock and I knew it was time for me to go home. Mm -hmm. And um, my heart would sink as I made a decision to stay. Mm. It was like, you know, when your heart skips a beat, you're scared, nervous, mm -hmm. it happens. And then, you know, I just, it'll happen, you know, like just going through this little, like it's like a, like a light going through you, right? And then I'll go back to hanging out, laughing, eventually my friend had to go mm -hmm. and i'd be still still sitting there it whatever was going to happen which would be a beating or something was more what, what was wasn't bothersome to me anymore i wanted that little time of freedom because my mom was also uh, uh um overprotective she was mm -hmm. always worried that something was gonna helicopter happen to mom us. right <laughs> right and so but when i got home Girl, the beatings were ridiculous. I mean, she'll beat me with the belt buckle. The very unique thing, I think Haitians are really creative in this, is <laughs> I used to use, um, I had to heal myself or get healing from, thank God. God give me this healing, okay? Because my knees, I used to have bad knees. Um, because my mom would put me on a cheese grater, the most sharpest part of the cheese grater. You know the part, not the part that looks like a little, that makes a little thick one. It's the sharp one that you use for like um, coconut shaving. I know. Sharpest I know. one. I know. To the ones the... that come up like little teeth. Oh my God, Sam. I would sit, I would be on my knee. I, 
you would think I there's days I'd be like, oh man, this sounds like I made this up. No, that would be me sitting. I would be on my knees, arms like this crossed across my chest, waiting for her to tell me when to get up. Mind you, she's telling all her friends about what I did wrong and what, you know, and to me, you know, I would do the same thing the next day. It was painful. My hips hurt. My knees hurt. I would do the same thing the next day or the next the next available day I should say that I had to give it time let me ask you this Sam mm-hmm. and kind of looking back at the situation were those times the only time you can get your mom's attention oh yeah my mom was never home I was I was the one to uh watch my little brother so she was never home she had like two jobs so we get home. She like it, it was pretty much. You ever see those videos of somebody walking slowly, walking in the video, but everything else happen, is happening in the mm-hmm. background at full mm-hmm. speed. But they're mm-hmm. walking slow. That's what. That's what I. That's how I would describe my life mm-hmm. growing up, my childhood growing up. Yeah, I was. I was the one that had to grow up quickly, and you know, there's so many more, so much more um, on that, on that part alone. But I understood that, you know, I had to be responsible for myself and um I was pretty much the deciding like I I decided how how things were going to go pretty much Mm -hmm. if if I wanted to if I knew if I wanted to enjoy myself I would do that and get the beatings if I wanted my mom's attention for for you know just to know that she because she would come home and from work tired and go eat go to sleep there was no I love you. There was no hugging. We were just there. We 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 were there. Was but it? I knew the rules. I still loved, you know, I loved my mom. Mm-hmm. I I still did things to make her happy. Mm-hmm. But they I still had that rebellion in me that, you know, I wanted to be happy too. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a child. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what it looked like to be a child. Because mm-hmm. I seen the kids. I'm like, oh man, I can never do that. Mm-hmm. And that was like just going to the pool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful for your ability to decide that you are going to leave another legacy, another emotional legacy. And and I'm also grateful that you say, I love my mom. Yeah. So I think of the fact that when you know better, you do better, right? Right. And for me, and this is being in this grief space, I wonder what your mom was holding on to. She's not my client. She'll right. probably never be my client. But in your healing journey, I think, what was she holding on to? Where she could not be emotionally available for you. Where she did not have a safe space to be seen, heard, and validated. So all she knew how to do is what she did. And so what did your, or what does your restoration, before we close, what does your restoration process look like for you? And restoration just says, I am going back to a place of peace. What does that look like for you? It looks like, accepting to live in the present Mm. 
you know, I lived in the past for so long. I didn't realize like a lot of the habits that I created were, you know, resources from the past. Just I used the past as a way to live my present and it didn't work. I had to let go and live my life. I had to understand that I didn't like need validation for other people to be who I was. I didn't have to, you know, I had, I, I had to love myself and accept myself. Mm-hmm. And um, the things that I thought I lost in the process, I didn't lose. I was worried about losing friendships. I made better friends. Mm. I was always worried about not being married or making mistakes or being, you know, I, you know, being not, not being good enough. I've been assured that I'm more than enough. Mm. But that's what happens when you start living in the present and owning what it is, what is now. So the, so what I hear you saying is your grief taught you the power of being present. Mm -hmm. Your grief taught you the power of being present. And in being present, what have you learned about yourself? Um, I learned that I'm resilient. Um, I was, you know, bent, stretched to where I thought was I was at capacity, but um, I was able to bounce back. And that's not a lot of, that's not everybody's story. Mm -hmm. And I have to understand that, you know, God made me resilient. He, 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 he made me get to this point for a reason. And I love succulents. Succulents to me are like those things where you can overwater them, underwater them, and they'll still bloom really nicely mm-hmm. because that's just the type of, that's the type of flower or plant they are. And I really, and I think of resilience when I think of them. Mm-hmm. Just being able to bounce back after everything. Because I know my childhood was, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, sweetie. I was going to say, I know that in my childhood with all that pain, there was, I was still a person. There was someone there that enjoyed things. I still had things that I really loved. I was still, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not my story. It's not, it's, it's a part of it, but it's not my whole story. So I was, so yeah. And that when, in hearing you say that, I hear you have to write the ending. You may have not write, written the beginning, but mm-hmm. it's your responsibility to write the ending. Yeah. And that is the truth. And so how would you describe in five words or less, if you were to leave a last word, what would it be? Hmm. I don't know. This just came to me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, pain is not permanent. felt that I felt that even when working out 
girl, I think yes. I'm going to die, girl. I'd be like, I don't think I'm going to make it, Jesus. You know, right. I always call it on Jesus, holding my chest. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I can run. My legs feel wobbly. Absolutely. I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can make it, baby. But when I'm done, I realize I made it. You made it. I made you it made through. it. You know, that's yes. I made it through. And I think what the grief crusaders is going to get through this is that pain is not permanent and they will make it through. I honor that's you, right. sis. I Thank honor you your so life. Much. I honor your commitment to wanting to live your life. And I honor your commitment to saying grief is not going to rob me of my purpose. And for that reason, I love you unconditionally like Christ loves you. Thank you for being a part of the Redefining Grief community. And you'll forever have a seat on this mic, on this table. I have visions of having live events. And I just see how everything will come together for his good. Yes. And so you build your empire, baby. You know you got yes. my support. That's yes. what I love about my P2Ps. <laughs> <laughs> and our amazing coach crew, Trees. I just love yes. him. Yes. He's a godsend. And um, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast interview ever. And I'm happy that it was with you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yes. Yes. You're, you're really um, somebody that is doing God's work for sure. And, you know, you're, I feel like you're a freedom fighter right now. Okay. Like you're setting people free. And uh, freedom yes, yes. I see your hand. I see your hand like Harry's just getting, guiding the people. And I know that, you know, not everybody wants to be saved, but I know that you still, there's still going to be words that are going to impact them to give them the, huh, you know, but you're still going to change lives. You're still changing lives. And I just thank you to, to be a part of that, that journey with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for those positive words of affirmation, baby. Mm. If you do not have a community, y'all, <laughs> where women really do support each other, Mm, you missing now. I don't know what to tell you, but if you want to learn about that community, I got two communities. I got the Grief Crusaders. I got the P2Ps. I know the mastermind. I can connect you to the right community. I got a lot That's of right. who are sure building, do. who are building communities. I'm a natural networker in my family. They come mm-hmm. to me to who to go to, who not to go to list. And um, <laughs> I just always send them the right people. So Spirit led and divine. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you do right by me, baby. I do right by you. And if yes. you don't, I don't know what to tell you. That's on God. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time for it. Sure don't. No. And I honor you. Bye-bye. I'll see you tomorrow in our P2P class. <laughs> Take care. You too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow, did I learn a lot from my sis. My sis came to this interview and she was not holding back. She anchored down in her truth and I can see her face. I can see the pain. I can see the deliverance. I can see the freedom and sitting in her truth. Oh, my, 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 Sam, you took it. You took your life back in this podcast interview.
You said enough was enough in this podcast interview. And the beauty of this interview was, baby, you just set some people free. And for that, I honor you. I honor you. I honor you in trusting the journey and understanding when you trust the journey and may not know how it was going to turn out. But baby girl, it has turned out for your good. So I am sending blessings of overflow down to you all the way in Jacksonville, Florida. I appreciate you, sis. I love you and continue to be in a light in a dark, dark world. Be that light. Choose to be that light and show up in your life because nobody else can do it better than you. And without further ado, you all, I got to go. But let me remind you, tonight is the night. Tonight is the night. Tonight is the night. You do not want to miss this mastermind class. It is not too late. Register at www.herdeemercier forward slash masterclass. Because at the end of the day, this life is not perfect, but the requirement of living it is.